Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. I'm your host, Trevor, and I've been playing Gran Turismo 7 more than I should, and I hate it. <laughs> Jeez. I'm Jay, and uh, I, I, I'm disappointed that, A, that you're not playing uh, more F1 Manager instead uh-huh. of Gran Turismo. Uh-huh. Although, B, I feel like it's appropriate to be doing a bunch of Gran Turismo because every time you go to a theater, it feels like you're bombarded by the... Uh, trailer for the movie about the so Gran Turismo 7 the more you get into it the more it becomes this confluence of of old of bad old school and bad new school so I still love Gran Turismo and I love Gran Turismo 7 but there's an aspect of it that drives me insane so one of the aspects of old Gran Turismo was that you would you had to grind to I mean you know old late 90s grind to get what you really wanted right so you had to you had to race particular races because they were the best way to earn money and you would run those races over and over with the most broken car possible to earn enough money to buy the next big car you wanted to buy right and that's very traditional 90s video games you got to grind to get what you want Right. I mean, that's I just described EverQuest in one. Yeah, sentence. we were also. Yeah, they were formed by arcades, which were designed to take quarters. Right. So that's the original Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo 2. It, it, it really was always there. Kind of you had to grind to earn enough money to buy that Lamborghini or that Ferrari or whatever it happened to be. Or, you know, um, so Gran Turismo 7, the bad part about it is that the grinding is still there, but they also have microtransactions that can shorten your grind if you'd really like to. Oh, my God. So, so for twenty bucks, you oh. can pay Sony, uh, twenty bucks to buy two million dollars of in-game credits. This feels gross. Okay, so let me give you an idea. Um, a good, the the best tracks to grind money on are approximately somewhere between one and a half to two million credits per hour. So for twenty bucks, you can buy one hour's worth of grinding. Okay. And additionally, there's in previous in the old I haven't played I didn't ever played Gran Turismo Six or Gran Turismo Sport or Gran Turismo Five. The last Gran Turismo I played previously, but when I moved to Xbox and started playing Forza, was Gran Turismo Three, I believe, was the last one I played. So anyway, there's a marketplace in Gran Turismo Seven where you can buy used, um, like legacy cars, really rare cars, things that you would you know that that you'll rarely see. Some of them, for example, would be like a Ferrari Testarossa 250, which in real life drives anywhere from 20 to I don't know how much millions of dollars of U.S. dollars. You know, very rare cars. Well, there was in that marketplace, there was a car that I desperately wanted. The price was 12 million credits. 
it was the uh, McLaren GTR F1 GTR, which is a in real life is a very rare car. There was only a couple of them made, only a few of them available, and they're worth probably somewhere between thirty and fifty million dollars. So in the game, they were worth twelve million credits, which means that if I want to grind one, I would need what is that? Um, math that hurts my brain is yeah, what that math, is. Yeah, math that hurts my brain as well. So approximately eight hours worth of of grinding just driving car the same i'm going to be driving the same race using the same car for eight hours straight to buy that car roughly right or i can spend a hundred and twenty dollars how many hours did you say eight hours okay so i could grind for eight hours to buy this car or i could spend a hundred and twenty dollars to buy this car i'll be honest the car didn't get bought because i'm not doing either of those things <laughs> there's no way in hell i'm doing either of those things i mean i will be honest that if i were there that the, the I, I may be the problem because i'm the target audience for like what's that you'd like to have 20 of my dollars and save me eight hours yeah i, I would do no, no, that it's 120 to save you eight hours if it was 20 they would probably oh oh okay all right you're right that's a little that's a little gnarlier okay fair point like if, I take if it, it back. Were, I'm no longer it, the target audience. Yes, if it were literally, you could spend eight hours grinding this, or you could spend twenty dollars. Uh, you've got me. I'll spend the twenty bucks. Like I guess maybe it's just there's a there's a breaking point because you know I make more than twenty dollars an hour, right? At work, mm-hmm. I would my time is is worth more than twenty bucks an hour, and and honestly, everyone's should be. So is it a good deal? It still doesn't feel like a good deal. <laughs> I love the uh, like contorting yourself into paying additional money to on a game that you've already pay, purchased. <laughs> I mean, in theory, and, and it's I'm, trying I'm to get lying. me to save I, I don't time. Love that. I, yeah, but like it's it's like a whole different paradigm shift. Like you're supposed to be playing this game because it's fun, and that's the reward of playing the game. Not this game yeah. is hell, and I'm going to grind for eight hours. <laughs> Like, well, which is to, what you said. This is to, to be you know, fair. The, the, the credit game design. It is. Line. It's it's bad game design from the '90s combined with bad game design of today, combining in to make like an awful, awful situation. Now, do I still play the game? Yes, but I don't. I I've never bought any credits from Sony. I have bought cars from this marketplace that I'm discussing. Usually, much cheaper cars than that one. And I have ground a few a few out where I'm like, oh, well, I could drive for an hour and I could buy that car. That is less uh, painful to me. They're trying to make these cars somewhat exclusive, you know, but the way they're doing it is just it's not healthy or fun. So I would like to drive that car and driving that car in the game would be fun. But the combination of things to get that car are no longer fun. I will the fun now shifts to something that I can purchase with things I've earned organically in the game. So who's, I don't who's know how the other person who's the other person <laughs> on here. I don't think we ever got to, I know I, I don't think we did there. Uh, I'm Josh and I'm here to tell you that I just added uh, a new game to my steam wish list. It is by the creators of battle brothers and it is called menace. So it's basically battle brothers in space. I'm so excited. I cannot wait, but it won't be out until 2024. So what's it called? It's called Menace, M-E-N-A-C-E. And don't you have, isn't Battle Brothers moving up your queue, Trevor? Yeah, You're getting yeah. closer to I've played it before, but I put it on the queue as I need to go back and, and I need to actually play a whole campaign, complete, complete it. 
Oh, like you've played it a little bit of it? Yeah, remember we've oh. had this discussion okay. before. I'm a I'm a middle aged man, Trevor. I don't remember these things. It's true. You've it's been multiple times now this today that you've been like having Men- conversations that we've already had. <laughs> Men- Menace is now in my queue. Excellent. Mission accomplished. Yeah, so Battle Brothers I've played um according to Steam, I've played eight hours of Battle Oh Brothers. nice. Yeah, you got a good taste of it then. Yeah. You know these yeah. guys will give you some it, good TTRPG, oh, as the kiddies say. Battle Battle Brothers thrashed me. Oh, it's it's merciless. Like Yeah. It it definitely rough. speaks to the part of me that likes Lovecraft. In fact, my most recent um if I, I'm looking at it right now in Steam, and my most recent achievement is lessons learned, lose a game. <laughs> so <laughs> Yes, it definitely it definitely made me lose a game. <laughs> Yeah, and it didn't even break a sweat to do so. Oh no, not at all. Yeah, that's funny. I so Josh, I, I asked you in the Discord if you were interested in a game called Challengers. Had you? Oh heard my gosh! Anything about it? Is it the card game that you can play on BGE? Yeah, I am. I am so disinterested. It's embarrassing. <laughs> my brother and I played it on BGA Board Game Arena, and we were like. How did that get published? Like it, it was so boring. Like the thing that's funny to me about it is that which award so the, did it win? Wait, is it? It didn't win a spiel this year, did it? Please tell it me won, that's not true. It won the Kenner spiel. You are you are messing with my brain right now, for real? One hundred percent, this is true. Oh my gosh! So here's here's the. That does it? I'm out of the hobby. Mark the date on the calendar. <laughs> here's the here's the description on Board Game Geek, and then like the. The last sentence is the one that, like, gets me all the way out. So it says, Challengers is an interactive deck management game for one to eight players that plays about 45 minutes independent of player count. With the tournament gameplay style, you meet another opponent every round. In the deck phase, you choose new members and add them to your deck, which might consist of a wizard, alien, cat, gangster, and kraken. 75 distinct characters and more than 40 exciting effects create a unique experience every game. Choose from six different sets and discover new strategies and synergies every game. In the match phase, stay in flag possession to win the trophy of that round. To try to get the most fans and trophies over the course of seven rounds to be able to qualify for the final. If you can best your opponent in the final, you win challengers. And then the final sentence in parentheses says... If you think that all that that all sounds a lot like a board game adaptation of an auto battler, we are proud to tell you that this is the first of its kind. So is this like Celebrity Deathmatch meets Flux? Oh, it's not even very fluxy because the rules didn't seem to change that much. I mean, yeah, like yeah. the reason my brother and I even like booted it up is because we're like, oh, look, this has drafting. Like, you know, it, it feels like it should. It makes drafting boring. Like, <laughs> which is like the great sin. That's why I had to look away from it and never go back. Like, <laughs> yeah, because you basically are like drafting a car. But oh man, it, I I was I was so unimpressed. Um, I'm trying to think of what game to compare it to that would be equally insulting. And the only one I can come up with is, have you guys seen this game, Left Center Right? No. You roll dice that say LCR on them, and it tells when you roll, it tells you if you have to take your one of your pile of chips and put it to the left or to the center or to the right. That's how boring Challengers felt to me. Like, do you do you think that you, part of your issue with Challengers was the number, the, the player count that you played it at? 
Maybe you mean that you mean that we just played it at two player? Yes. Maybe, but I I was like so underwhelmed I wouldn't even give it another chance. So if somebody else goes out there and you know. So what you're telling me is that I shouldn't even try. Like if, when we go to SaltCon in a couple of weeks, I shouldn't even like point at it or anything. What it's... you should do is troll my little brother and bring it out with like your most enthusiastic <laughs> and see if he also barfs. I was like so underwhelmed. Now Mysterium Kids, Jay, I'm probably not gonna pick it up, but it it's got to be good. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the so the equivalent we bought from your store a few months back. Well, it's probably a year ago now, honestly. Uh, was Obscurio, and my kids have yeah. really liked Obscurio. Yeah, that one's been pretty popular. I just feel like those are kind of in a similar vein, and so I I think if Mysterium Kids has kind of just made itself even more accessible for families and kids, then it's got to be decent. Well, so right after I bring out Challengers, and it's super excited. <laughs> when when he turns me down, I'm going to pull out Seventh Continent. Oh my gosh, you are a jerk. You know what? I would give it another chance at this point. You're a liar. You, you know lie. what will happen, though. I will You'll just fall asleep. And you will be like, this game's awful. And I'm like, have you played it? No, I hate this game. We're not even going to play five minutes of it. Like my I mean, he does my voice pretty. Yeah, that's pretty uh, chilling imitation there. <laughs> I did. So for, there's another game related thing. Uh, this is one that I, I'm going to demo this game to all of my staff. One of them has already played it. Um, and I think you had mentioned you had played it, Josh. But so there's a, a game called Not Alone. That is, oh yeah yeah i love not alone it it's is, on bga actually too I'm, oh I'm, really uh, interesting yeah um it is it's, it was out of print for a long time and it's now back in print and so um i am it's there's there's the the thing that's nice about it so there's one of the one of the games that we've sold a bunch of because you know i demoed it to um the staff and then people come in looking for party games or large group games mm-hmm. and in general they are awful and so an example of one that is um uh that we've sold a lot on because you demoed it to me and then i've demoed it to other people is Halapagos, and it's it's kind of an example of uh you know the staff caught the vision because because made they, it easier for them to sell right well yeah because because the staff know it's a good game, then we've sold, you know, a ton of copies of it, which is kind of what I expect is going to happen with Not Alone, because it is, in my opinion, in a genre of games that um, a lot of the other games are awful in this genre. And so it's nice to, um, you know, have this game that's actually good. <laughs> I'm curious, is the, um, so you say this is a, this isn't like new art and stuff, is it? it I don't it know. Out of print, it so it's still the same edition? It might be new art. It might also have some of the previous expansions rolled up into into it. So oh, that'd be I'm cool. Sure. Okay, yeah. Um, are, are you guys ready to... Uh, I'm scared, but yes, I'm ready. To hear some more Dink Doom memes? <laughs> there's, no, there's no reason to be scared. Oh, I thought you were talking about the other topic that you'll be addressing. There's the mind killer, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> not scared of the Dank Dune memes. Bring them on, dude. You're killing it with those. <laughs> okay, so this meme is uh, it's, it's just one panel, 
and it is uh, a picture of from the, the the current Dune movie where the Herald of Change is is coming, and all of House Atreides is is lined up to to meet the Herald of Change, and and Duke Leto is there standing up front looking noble, and the top ca- caption uh, above the picture says. Me watching Dune 2021 multiple times in the, at the cinema to ensure part two. And then at the bottom underneath this picture, it says, there is no call. We do not answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, they're really getting a lot of mileage out of that scene, which is such a they great are. scene. So. <laughs> All right. So next one, this is a picture of there's a linoleum floor with a turtle on the floor and duct taped onto the back of this turtle is a switchblade. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and the caption is the slow, <laughs> the blade, slow blade penetrates the shield. <laughs> uh, I like that. Okay, all right. Well, one, I, I, I want to give, I want to give one give, more. Oh, okay. All right. Then I want to give a preview. I'm not doing okay. my dad joke yet, but I I want a preview for the for the yeah. end of the episode. So this is this is towards the end of of the 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 current the new movie the one that came out two years ago, and it is Paul and his mother. They are in their fremen still suits, and you know the wind is whipping their hairs, and they're they're looking over on the horizon, and there's a really bad Photoshop. So that <laughs> so that Paul's arm is standing up and uh, pointing out in the distance, and the caption is, "There it is. That's the dune." <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, that one's my favorite. It's no way. Take that back. It's not better than the slow blade penetrates the shield. No, it is. <laughs> okay, you you may. Uh, Oh, well, here's my preview. I will be, I have a dad joke prepared for the end of the episode uh, with a little twist, which is that you get to guess if this dad joke was generated by AI or not. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, so other game related stuff. Uh, the launch of Lorcana in game stores came and went and uh, we're, we're all sold out of our product. Um, I did. So I, I asked them how I asked my staff, how, how things went and if people complained about the price and honestly, we did a very small markup compared to we. So the strategy we ended up going with was, uh, essentially we sold the items at double our cost. So you at least are making money. Yeah, I mean, yes. Okay. We, we did. Right. We 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 left, you know, thousands of dollars on the table. Um, compared to this, compared this to sounds, the market price, other less reputable. Yeah, people. this this sounds like you still probably didn't. You, you couldn't. There were still people upset. Um. So I asked them. This is this was the question I asked. We 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 did we sold it at it was, you know, at a little bit above the suggested retail, but we did have the also the um, caveat that anyone who purchased the cards had to open them in the store. Oh, okay. And, and so there were some people who were complaining about that. And my, 
uh, my assistant manager who, who usually handles collectible card games, he said that their response to it was, you know, we, if you don't want to open in store, we will sell it to you at the, the full market value, market value online. And, uh, and you can pay that and leave without opening it up. And then after that, no one complained. And <laughs> opened the cards in store. <laughs> I just love how that story just ended. After that, no one complained. <laughs> um, so to start off this episode, we were going to, uh, I, I guess, a, a quick update on the on some stuff with DGI. I gave the the story about uh, Games Workshop messing up uh, my orders for a really long time. Uh, so the update is that the restock has finally arrived, and if you're needing Games Workshop stuff, be sure to check our website. So we're going to talk a little bit about some TV shows and about uh, the current status of some Disney stuff. And uh, to start off, I was going to first off give a recommendation. Um, have, have either of you heard uh, or... I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure you said neither of you watched this, but uh, have any of you heard of the the TV show The Bear? I can't say that I have. Oh, I feel well. You're going to start describing it, and I will maybe remember it. So it's 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 kind of a online darling right now of a lot of like critical praise and and fan praise. It's it's one of the. Um, is is it about a restaurant? Yes. Okay. Like I anyway, I've like only peripherally heard. Or seen so something. actually i think because i saw an instagram reel where somebody was like we cook dinner at home and pretend like we're on the bear and i was like i don't quite know what that means okay um so the the setup of the story is that there's this the main character is someone who's from chicago from a very dysfunctional family and he went off and got into the fine dining world and was successful there and then his brother had like this was the current owner of a um of a restaurant in chicago that was it 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 had like this you know long long tradition of serving italian beef sandwiches and his brother commits suicide and the main character comes into this dysfunctional setting um and that's that's basically what the uh, main main plot of the um of the show's about okay and so it it has a lot of themes about like you know dealing with family it also has a lot of themes of a lot of people consider it like one of the the best um television portrayals of um of doing a a restaurant oh okay so it is it is a very so is I, it drama then, or is it funny? I would I would probably put it more towards drama, but it does have some funny elements. It originally showed on FX, and I watched it on Hulu. Um, it did the first season was you know about a year ago. Season two recently just dropped all at once on on Hulu, and so I watched season one a year ago. I just rewatched it season one um within the last month to watch season two and so i 
did that and then re- watched season two and finished season two just uh, this last week. Um, I, I'll, I, I think it's one of currently one of the best TV shows on TV. Um, doesn't have any nudity in it. I don't think it does have swearing because it's, you know, back of house in a restaurant. So of course it has swearing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's really well done. Uh, gets a, gets a high recommend for me. Um, did either of you have any questions on the show before we go on to the next topic? How many characters are there? Um, you know, there's, there's, I would say that there's probably three main characters and then there's secondary characters beyond that. And, you know, knowing what you know about me, can you predict which character I will like the bestest? Oh, um, (laughs) I feel like that'd be a fun game. You should just put this in a hat somewhere and then we pull it out in a year. If I've actually watched the show and see, go ahead. I'm listening though. Um, so there is a character who is a, uh, black woman in her mid twenties, I would guess. Mm -hmm. Um, that she comes and works with um, the, the main character, the main character. And she's, she's tried starting her own restaurant and failed. And, and she comes and works with him because she feels like he has, you know, such a, a vision of with food, et cetera. And so I'm guessing, I'm guessing she would be the character that you like. The, the plucky most. sidekick. Yeah. There is there there is a lot of like if you if you dislike um, there's there's certain shows that are really good at you watch the show and you just feel um, a lot of tension from watching the show um, and this good's really good at that but there's some people who hate that and so if you don't like feeling tension while watching a TV show then this is definitely not the TV <laughs> show for you like. <laughs> Pass, 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 pass. <laughs> interesting. Okay, interesting. Hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm trying to think. I, I, I want to think of a show that is like that, that does a good job of making you feel tension, that I have watched. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I feel like there's a few categories of that. There's some like um, 24, where there was like a clock that was ticking down all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That would be an example. There were some points in, that I thought felt like uh, Balthar Galactica was good. At, I would say Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, okay, you're speaking my language here with both of those, Battlestar Galactica and Breaking Bad. And then there's there's also ones where it's more of like a either social tension or social awkwardness. That's the It, it feels like you are at the dinner table at Thanksgiving and you're watching your family <laughs> disintegrate. The, yeah, yeah, the conversation fly apart. Yes. And so uh, this one has kind of that feeling sometimes. So mm. so would you say it's similar to like the some of the shows of 15, 20 years ago that you know, reality TV shows like Orange County Choppers is a good example. But, you know, a lot of those fa- family-based Duck Dynasty style where where a lot of the interest came from the arguments that the family would get in um maybe okay. yeah i mean there is there there is a lot of tension between family members okay well i 
I'm trying to decide whether this is something that I should even attempt to watch. Part of the problem is that I got rid of my Hulu subscription because we weren't using mm-hmm. it for anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm I'm hesitant to restart it up. So reasonable. It's reasonable to be hesitant about. Maybe yeah. after I finish um, my current show and and cancel Apple TV. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Um. The next topic is discussing the downfall of the Disney Corporation. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's the Disney Corporation. <laughs> Jeez, oh, okay. okay. At, at least they're. At least Disney uh, Plus. Disney Plus, yeah. So uh, it is kind of an interesting um, moment in Hollywood. Obviously, there's the writer strike going on right now and the actor strike. Um, but Hollywood was in a. Wall Street creative created incentives for the streaming services where they were it didn't really matter how much money they were making as long as they were growing a lot their subscription base and you know we they saw that with Netflix and then as other other companies they were the writing was on the wall that linear uh, television was was dying and that they needed to figure something out and so Bob Iger he he decided that Disney had to go all in on uh, their own streaming service Disney plus and the introductory price was super low and they spent a lot of money on uh, creating content that was the, the streaming service was was losing money hand over fist but wall street didn't really care because all they cared about at that time was acquiring a subscription base so then netflix about a year ago something like that had a quarter where they didn't add um new subscribers they lost subscribers and there was this huge market correction and Netflix went from, you know, 700 plus dollars, I think, and lost, I think, around half of its value. And so then Wall Street kind of changed their tune. And it wasn't just acquisition of new customers at all cost. It was also you need to, you know, show some fiscal responsibility. You need to show that your profit can be profitable. You need to make <laughs> money. It's crazy. I know. And Disney Plus's plan is that they're they've said that they're going to be profitable by uh, 2024. Netflix already is profitable, um, and they're they're trying to you know become more so, et cetera. Um, and so that's this is all kind of the backdrop of things going on at Disney Plus, and also with the MCU. There it feels like there is. In my opinion, it feels like there's a lot of things going on, and so when it feels, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to make this supposition, and I'm going to ask you guys if if you feel like this is true or not. But it feels like when Disney Plus launched, that they felt like Marvel was such a strong juggernaut with the movie business that they were going to kind of use that strength of Marvel and also a little bit to a lesser extent, Star Wars. Yeah, I was going to make, make sure you added Star Wars to your supposition. And there would be content on Disney Plus 
that was that you kind of had to watch both the movies and the Disney Plus content together to get the full experience. And I think that their thought or hope was that, you know, the MCU is so strong and doing so well that it's going to drag all these people into uh, subscribing to Disney Plus. And it feels like what's happened instead is that it's kind of hurt the MCU and now the movies are not doing as well. I think it sped the fatigue. Yeah, and it feels like there's not like part of what why I suggested this as a topic is I haven't even started Secret Invasion yet, which my son-in-law has been quite enthusiastic about for the record. Uh the online discourse is that it's pretty bad. Really interesting. Okay. I'm not sure if I can trust that because they also have said that about like She-Hulk and and there's there's currently a I think a perception that the, well, it's not just a perception. One empirical fact is that the MCU movies are not performing nearly as well in the box office as Disney would like, or as they have performed in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start there. Okay. With the, with the movies and the box office. Yeah. I I think there's two different topics here, but I want to start with that one. Okay. Let's, let's start with the topic of the movies are the premise that the movies are doing worse because of Disney plus series. Okay. So I don't agree and I have no empirical evidence, but it just feels like that has absolutely nothing to do with it to me. Okay. Well, so there, so what is your, okay. We, we, we have the empirical fact that the Disney MCU movies are not performing as well. Okay. And so that applies to the entire industry. Let me just throw that in there while we're discussing it. Um, okay. So your, your point would basically be that this is just that... an industry trend. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Now I don't necessarily have a what... point. Okay, well, I mean, I guess I'm curious. <laughs> What's your counter hypothesis? My my counter hypothesis that movies that in general are suffering. Right. Some movies in general are suffering, and some of the MC movies that have come out more recently are just not good, <laughs> or I should, less good. So the the premise is is that 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 it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Disney Plus. It is a combination of of post-pandemic fatigue or post-pandemic lack of interest in in movie theaters and poorly done movies. That that this would be happening regardless of Disney Plus making making MCU series. Mm. But I think I think in a vacuum, you throw just the movies out there in this situation. Well, it's also and we've talked about this a little bit. The good movies do good, and it really doesn't have anything to do with what Disney going on in Disney Plus. That, well, that's my premise. Yeah, yeah, I, that's an interesting premise. But here's the thing: is like I'm thinking about the the Disney Plus Marvel series. They definitely started out stronger, right? Like the initial ones, WandaVision, Loki. Um, I, I mean, I didn't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but even it was better than some of the next. Well, sets, part of the right? part of the issue is that you know Disney is spending so much money on these shows, on the series. Yes. Um, like, uh, oh man, do you actually have stats and stuff? You're gonna tell us? I'm, I'm gonna this, I'm gonna try to find. This is gonna it. blow Trevor's mind, like when the Barbie oh, yeah. movie uh, budget blew his mind. It's gonna be the best. Okay, so the the secret invasion budget. Well, I guess. Okay. Josh, oh, I, want, do we get I, to want, guess? I want you to set the over under and then Trevor will guess over or under. 
Mm, all right, I'm I'm gonna do the over under at thirty two million. So this is before we before I answer. This is a little unfair because I don't pay attention to show budgets like I do movie budgets. Sure. And so Josh, just to just to make sure I understand this, you're saying this is the budget for the entire series. Y- well, all, every all episodes. That's out right now. Yeah. Of this. Yes. Season. That's okay. what I'm gonna say. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Which which series are we talking about? Secret, Secret Invasion. Invasion. And you said 32 million. Mm-hmm. I would say way under. Oh my God, you guys. And this is this is why it's such a such a problem for Disney. Uh, they spent 212 million on this show. Holy, Holy crap! Mother of deity. What? <laughs> okay, Trevor. So, now so it's, wait, wait, now wait, 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 wait. How I many feel episodes? like I'm taking crazy is there pills. Six or eight. It's eight, uh, isn't it? Let me look. I thought it that, was. Six. That is almost double the budget of the Barbie movie. Six episodes. Oh my gosh. 212 million divided by six episodes, 35 that's like 30, million and that's episode. my guess per episode then. Oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, so now let's let's see if you can redeem yourselves. Uh, I mean there's no chance. Trevor. Uh-huh. You get to set the over under for Andor. Oh gosh. Okay. So, so knowing one, that cuz it no, had 10 episodes, didn't it? This one was 12 episodes. It was 12 episodes. But Andor is so freaking good. And, and okay, so Andor was 12 episodes, and I have knowledge now, so now I'm dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> no argument. Um, okay, so what I think would be reasonable... Well, I, I shouldn't answer that way, because what I think would be reasonable is way less yeah. than what they spent, I'm sure. That train has left the station, clearly, <laughs> Trevor. Uh, well, now I'm, I'm thinking, like, 350 million okay is that your your over under yes that's mine so josh okay. gets to pick over or okay under that. so i get to say if i think the true number is under trevor's or over trevor's yes, right correct it is under uh josh is correct they made andor for 250 million so twice as many episodes yeah five times the quality actually i don't know because i haven't watched secret invasion yet <laughs> yeah. but um, again this is this is kind of the issue that Disney's having is like you can't spend, you know, 212 million inordinate chunks of money on secret invasion. And, and no one cares about this show. I mean, yeah. like to be fair, if we had started and went the other way around, if you had, if you'd pitched and or first, right. That price tag still would have blown my mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the only reason I gave 350 million was was 35 times 10, hoping that they saved. You know, got two free episodes. They bought bought them on sale. <laughs> <laughs> um, but really, you know, I had no clue. I knew that I knew that like I knew that that Amazon had put way too much money into uh, Rings of Power. Rings of Power. But I honestly, I you, I can't tell you how much money. They spent. Well, what's weird to me, Jay, is like. <sighs> How how are they monetizing essentially, right? It's like how do you translate you spend two hundred and ten million on Secret Invasion and doesn't that need to equate to like so many new subscriptions, continued subscriptions? Like what yeah, like you know, because like with a movie at least you can be like look at the total sales and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough to well, and that's so another really interesting topic, and this is I guess getting way off base and um kind of related to the strikes but they would so another thing that netflix changed is that previous the previous model that um would would work with television is let's say that i was 
you know, the creator of South Park or Friends or The Office. Um, it would get the way the deal would work out is that as the show continues to take to make money or it's syndicated or whatever, I would get a percentage of that for the rest of its life. The thing that uh, Amazon changed is they gave they gave the creators some of them really big paychecks up front, uh, some of them not as big, but they don't get they're they're basically buying out their rights uh, at, from the very beginning. Um, and so that also kind of goes along with what you were saying, Josh, like, how do you, how do you value, you know, it's, it's really the, the, the streaming services do have metrics of like, they think, you know, these, this number of people joined Netflix because they wanted to be able to watch the new season of stranger things or stranger Suits things or whatever. Yeah, or Stranger Things is causing this percentage of people to not give up their uh, subscription and cancel. But but as far as the compensation, the way that it's currently working with streaming services in general is that they have you know a upfront uh, amount that they're paid and and then that's it. And you have to like a show you had been talking about a, a fair bit. Josh was Wednesday. Um, it was a smash hit. They're not compensated for it being a smash hit. Uh, okay, in, order, sure. in order for them to do so, they, they get paid in season two, essentially. Okay. Okay. So, but again, even then it's like, how do they get paid in season two? Like, yeah, well, I mean, you have to have a good uh, <laughs> lawyer or agent that's negotiating for you. <laughs> Uh, I just love this topic, so, Trevor, because I think all it proves is we understand nothing. <laughs> yeah, so I, I mean, I was curious. You brought up Stranger Things, so I was looking up what, what Stranger Things cost to make. Uh, yeah. And according to this, Stranger Things was filmed, season one was uh, $6 million per episode. Season two was $8 million per episode. By the time the most recent ser- uh, season came out, Netflix had ballooned it to the budget of $30 million per episode yeah which i'm not seeing the difference like explain to me why an episode from season one costs six million but an episode from season four costs 30 million like i'm looking at the episodes going i don't from especially from a viewer perspective i don't see i don't see an additional 24 million worth of things in it i mean part of it is now everyone is it, it relates to what i was saying but now everyone is getting paid yeah, mm, and which is mm. fine. I don't mind the I don't mind the cost. I, I, well, I don't mind anyway. I don't care. It's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I, well I, I, I totally I totally understand how it can go up. I guess yeah. I guess I guess as long as it feels like the cast and crew are getting a large portion of that, then I have no issue with it. As long as everyone's happy, and you know they they're not losing their job because it's being over over produced. Right. You know, I, I as long as the as long as the cast and crew are getting paid and they're happy, I'm good with it. I don't care what the episode cost is per episode. Right. You know, what what worries me is when they're taking things that I love, Star Wars and Marvel, and they're driving them into the ground by mismanaging them. Mm-hmm. That's the part I care about. Right. Right. So anyway, I, I don't even sure you know where we're at in this whole discussion because we sort of got 
away yeah, from we wandered all over the place because yeah. you blew, we blew our own minds <laughs> i'm curious actually i am curious though jay like has that ballooned like did did they so what whatever it was 210 million on secret invasion did they spend you know did they spend 21 million on wandavision or 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 has that kind of just been the budget of these series or uh, or the size of this budget of these series uh wandavision was 225 million yeah so it is not it's not ballooned it is similar it's been similar then okay interesting yeah 225 wow million they had more episodes though yeah so, right? yeah but i mean but they've bet the farm really and like to your point jay this really might be well, starting and, to hurt them sure and here's Here's the, uh, you know, there's at some point there's going to be, um, yield reckoning. Well, no, th- there's, there's going to be news that's related to this. They're Disney's trying to figure out what they're going to do. So what they're currently working on is Disney currently owns ESPN and ESPN is wildly profitable. Still it's made probably, I, th- I think it was around $3 billion in, the first half of the year, but wall street hates ESPN <laughs> because it's not a growth business. It's, it is diminishing. It is going to be making less and less money as time goes on because and, we're not inventing enough new sports to like, no, because, no, because everyone it's the is old cord model. Cutting. Say it again. Everybody's what Jay cord cutting. Oh, it's the old oh, model. oh, oh, I got you. Okay. E- yeah, ESPN yeah, yeah. makes most of its money through cable TV. Yeah, yeah, okay. Are abandoning cable TV. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, most of the people I know who still watch ESPN, that's they've either most of them have moved to uh, YouTube TV. Yep. Or um, or they st- there are the only reason they have cable or YouTube TV is ESPN. Like I could right. name off like five different people in my life, friends, acquaintances, coworkers that I know just off the top of my head who specifically have cable and or youtube tv specifically for espn right and so you know disney's currently considering what they're going to do the the rumors are that they're going to to sell you know espn or abc or that the thing that Iger said he most wants to do is get a minority investor of someone like apple or amazon and try to here's what i don't understand okay so Let's make Trevor the CEO of Disney for one day. Okay. Okay. Tell why, me more. Why are they not just making a the Disney streaming service that has that has ESPN on it? So the here's here's the other issue with ESPN. Uh, the first issue is that um, all of the all of the uh, rights. To these things that they have are for them to broadcast it on ESPN, but not to stream it. And so all of the deals have to be reworked. The second issue is that as, as all of these, they, they have kind of a, they're getting a double whammy. So on the one hand, their revenue and their profitability is only going to keep uh, decreasing. Uh, the other issue is that the sports rights are viewed as, the most valuable uh, rights of, of all anything in TV right now, because it is the best reason for you to watch a live event and actually watch a commercial is a sporting event. 
And so the same time that revenues are going down, the cost to purchase these rights is going up, 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 up. And so that's part of the difficulty that Disney is having right now. I guess, but it still doesn't feel like they're insurmountable. Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like you could still he, find a way to make it happen. Iger, Iger has said that he doesn't want to, that he's, he's, he does, it seems like he does want to keep uh, ESPN yeah. and, and, but he, he's fine with selling ABC. Why well, would be too. <laughs> so, and they <laughs> this also. This thing that doesn't matter, I'll sell it. The one that does, sure. I'll keep it. Sure. They, and they have, they are doing some stuff like. Uh, ESPN has has partnered with a uh, a gambling website to to start doing ESPN branded gambling, and so they are starting to do additional things like that. To I I can to tell play. you that if they could make it happen, that there's a significant number of people people like me who don't have ESPN currently who right. would subscribe to an ESPN streaming I mean, the, service. Right. The the issue is that. I mean, what's, what is your dollar amount that you would be willing to spend per month? On ESPN? Yeah. Is it, is it football season or not football season? <laughs> um, let, let's say both. Okay. So uh, not football season, it's probably in the $30 range, which okay. is probably double what what the portion of my cable bill went to ESPN. Because I, right. I know that they demand about 15 bucks, or they right. did. I, I don't know what it is now. But I would spend double that to not have to buy cable. Okay. Um, during football season, um, I currently pay um, 70 bucks a month just for ESPN and technically for some of the other local games, but it's mostly for ESPN during football season. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, I, estimates, I don't, the estimates I had heard on how much ESPN streaming on its own would likely end up having to cost is around the 40 to $50 range. Yeah, I mean, and I'm assuming that some of that is to make up for potential loss in other places um you know they can they can package right now sure, i mean the things the, they can do is they can force these cable companies to take crappy now ne- uh networks along with espn when they create their sure. package well for, and it's also you know the the genius obviously of the cable bundle was that even if you don't watch espn you were forced to pay for it yeah yes. correct genius is uh well i mean Oh, I guess that's the term to use. Well, but, but I, but I think that's that that one of the things is is that day is going away because most correct. people who would have bought cable and not watched ESPN have already left. The people left right. on cable or YouTube TV or whatever it is, a good portion of them are there because that's the only place they can get ESPN. Right. Yeah. I mean, certainly there's people who are traditional and still just love the you know having access to TV, but all the rest of us in the world have have cut the cord completely. Right. You know, I get I get YouTube TV every year from September till February, and I'll do it again this year because it's the only way to get the NFL. Right. And I'll hate every minute of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're at time. Um, I, I do think it's an interesting topic. I uh, we we never even the, got the, into the yeah, why I mean, we I, think these series are dying. And I honestly, I I do feel like um, I. There is some truth, I think, to what you said, Trevor. Um, p- part of the issue is that the shows aren't good enough. But the counterpoint to that, I guess, is that I I feel like Andor was a very good show, very well done. And I don't think that it had um, 
the viewership that it should have had. Okay, well, and what I said was in relation to the movies, not necessarily yeah. to the shows. I yeah, do yeah. think there is some fatigue with the shows. So that I mean, we didn't get to it, but and, and but there's my, also the reason I haven't watched um, <laughs> Secret Invasion or Mandalorian season three is just because there's just so much stuff out there. And, and the other, and let, so I'll, I'll, I'll say one other thing that I, I just thought of that I think it's it's unfortunate for Disney because I feel like it it kind of snowballs an effect. But a lot of times when on the shows that I'm right on top of watching on streaming, the most common reason that I am is because they're culturally relevant and because, so I want to be able to talk to my friends about it. Yeah. And I also don't want to have key things spoiled. Yes. And the and, talk has gone down. And no one is talking about Star Wars marvel and so I'm, I'm planning on watching secret invasion but i have seen some spoilers for secret invasion that that may upset i that's, that's seen, the I only seen, one i haven't seen any spoilers but i don't feel like there is any urgency in me watching the mandalorian or secret invasion because they're just not really culturally irrelevant right now it feels like yeah so well uh chime in and let us know all the ways that uh Disney's dropped the ball <laughs> or, <laughs> or give us your own hypothesis on <laughs> why how, these shows are how to well. save the house of mouse. Yes. <laughs> All right, Jay, are you ready to identify if this joke was written by AI? I am ready. All right, Jay. Do you know why the math book looked so sad? I do not. Because it had so many problems. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. All right, Jay is correct this time. I wanted to tee one up easy. That was an AI-written dad joke. <laughs> Tune in next time to guess again. Excellent. <laughs> you know, Josh, out of all the inventions in the last hundred years, the dry erase board is the most remarkable. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, all right, stay tuned for next week. <laughs>